Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. Pain, whether we like it or not, is a part of life, whether physical or uh, emotional, mental, spiritual, relational, marital, financial, you fill in the blank. We've all experienced pain and are going to. It's the process of a broken world. It's the product of a broken world. We've, uh, we've talked, been talking about pain this month and the fact that pain is a place we visit, but that we're not designed to stay there. We're designed to move, move on from pain. Talked in week one about pain, turning pain into peace. Last week about turning pain in, into progress. And this week about turning pain into perfection. But I want to remind us each week, pain always has a purpose. It always has a purpose. Don't ever forget that. Turn to Hebrews chapter 5. And I want us to look in chapter 5 at verses 7 to 9 together of Hebrews 5. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he had suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. This picture of Jesus in pain and in suffering is what I want us to see and how that product perfected him and should be perfecting us as well. When we talk about perfection in the scripture, it's not talking for you and I. It's not talking about sinlessness necessarily. It's talking about completion about a moving to a mature state where we understand what's going on. We see it, even anticipate it coming and walk through it understanding there's purpose and design to this. Let me get the purpose and the design and not focus on the pain and the process. So first thing I want us to see about turning pain into perfection is perfection or completion grows out of pain. It grows out of pain. First part of verse seven says, during the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears. Fervent cries and tears. Now, question, if Jesus was God, if he was deity in flesh, why even pray at all? Why did he even need to pray if he was God? Well, as John, 1 John tells us, he is God and of himself. John 19.30 says, Jesus himself says, I and the Father are one. But here he is praying to the Father that he is, shares, shares deity with. So he, uh, this passage tells us he had fervent cries and tears, meaning there was genuine wrenching emotion as he prayed in this moment, in several moments actually. So there's genuine, genuine emotion involved here. And Jesus' prayer to the Father was coming from a place of real physical and emotional pain. Uh, the scripture says he was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. Meaning, he experienced every bit of pain, every bit of temptation, every bit of trial, every bit of hurt that you and I experienced. It came out sinless in all of that. Two things I want us to understand today from, from this first point of his coming from, from a position of pain. The first is this, is that not only was he all God, 
he was all man. Not only was he all God, he was all man. And so here was this honest clash, this, this honest uh, clash of his of his deity and, and his humanity clashing together. Uh, that occurs several times in Scripture. Uh, one of the one of the times occurs when he gets word from Mary and Martha that his friend and their brother Lazarus had died. And so he goes to the tomb of Lazarus. He's been in the tomb for several days. And the human side of Jesus forms what is the shortest verse in Scripture. It says Jesus wept. And that was real pain and real hurt and real anguish and real grief. Yet he walked to that tomb knowing he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Knowing Lazarus was dead knowing he was about to raise him from the dead so that God would be glorified, yet there he was in the moment of real emotion and real pain and real hurt and real grief. So here is this, there is that, that, same, that same rub between the divine Jesus and the, the, the human and fleshly Jesus. He was, the second thing from, that, from this text I want us to see is he was modeling uh, for the disciples then and we disciples now that because he experienced real human pain as a man, he fully un understands how real our pain is in the here and now. So if we want God to bring us to a place of completion, a place of perfection, a place of understanding, a place of maturity, it's going to involve some pain. If he experienced pain, guess what? You're going to as well. We'll look, look a little more deeply at, at why he would not have in, in, in a moment. So, but he experiences pain, we, we will as well. Perfection grows out of pain. Secondly, Perfection or completion grows out of submission. Look at the second part of verse 7. Uh, with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, and he was heard, watch this, because of his reverent submission. Was heard because of his reverent submission. So it wasn't just the pain he was experiencing that caused God to hear his, his prayer. It was the fact that he was there out of reverent submission. Now, let's look at that phrase just for a moment. When we revere something, or, or someone, we are either awed by it, fear it, or respect it, or, or all of the above. Awed by it, fear it, or respect it. And submission carries with it the connotations of, of yielding, much like a slave yielding to the, to the desires of his, his or her master, or taking what I want and setting aside and picking up what God wants for me and putting that in, in place of what I want. This, this idea of yielding to, of, of myself. So it's not some kind of trade-off where I live with this mixture of what God wants for me and what I want for me. He's talking, submission here is total, complete and total surrender. Laying myself down, laying my wants down, laying my desires, my plans, my needs down at his feet and picking up his and carrying those with me. It's, it's referring to a complete surrender on my part. Now, it wasn't just painful petition that caused the father to answer his prayer, got the father's attention. It was this idea of, sub, of reverent submission, of humbling himself, deity, humbling himself before the Father, yielding himself there as well. So perfection grows out of pain and it grows out of submission. Thirdly, perfection grows out of suffering. It grows out of suffering. Look at verse 8. Son, though he was, he learned obedience from what he had suffered. Son, though he was, he learned obedience from what he had suffered. Ever wonder why that some of us seem to have to learn things the hard way? Are you one of those? I'm one of those. I have to learn things the hard way. I got to stick my nose in. I won't take someone's don't do that for, 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 for truth for me. I got to stick my nose in and figure out I shouldn't have done that. I should have listened to them in the first place. I'm one of those who learn by experience. Perhaps you are too. 
there, and we're, we number into the millions, I'm sure, but there is something to be said for following someone else's example and seeking their counsel, especially as it relates to suffering. It's been said that experience is the best teacher, and sometimes it is, but that was true for the Lord as well. What he experienced while on earth here brought him to call out to his father again and again in prayer. He knew, in fact, he just knew how to handle the God side of him that we talked about a moment ago. It was the human side of him, the fleshly side of him, the carnal side of him that he struggled with, that he had never been in flesh before, before walking this earth. And so the God side he got, was able to deal with the fleshly side. He had to get help from the Father again and again. Uh, it drew him, drew him in, in, in obedience uh, by way of prayer back to the Father. Then look at this phrase, son though he was, in verse 8. Son though he was, meaning if there was any, ever anyone who had and should have lived out and, and stood on and stand, could stand on a sense of entitlement, it was the Son of God. Who else besides him would be entitled not to have to suffer, not to have to go through pain, not to have to experience the, the anguish that we, you and I experience. Yet, he doesn't show to us a, 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 and live before us a, a lifestyle of entitlement or of somehow superiority. He, he finds in this moment of prayer submission and suffering uh, along, as I said, along the physical side of who he was. So, Second uh, 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 Corinthians speaks to this. Verse 5, chapter 5, verse 21 says, God made him who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Him who was sinless became sin, so that we could in turn become righteous. He experienced these things as a means to perfection. Why? Why in the world would we, would we think that if he went through that, there's somehow a way that we can avoid pain, a way that we can avoid suffering, uh, find an easier path for us, or as many of us try and find to do, or try and find ways to do, as I do myself, try and find shortcuts around the process of pain that God's trying to do in me to teach me something about himself. Suffering is a part of this idea of completion, this idea of, of, of perfection, of maturity. Finally, perfection grows out of pain, out of submission, and out of suffering. But perfection also grows out of obedience. Look at verse 9. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. Once made perfect, once made complete, once mature, he became the source of salvation for all those who obey him. So here's a reference to, to obedience tied to our perfection, tied to our completion. But what that looks like requires obedience on our, on our part. So obedience to whom or what? Obedience to the voice of God, to the works of God, to the ways of God. How can we know that? How can we recognize the voice of God, the works of God, the ways of God in this book? So the more your, your obedience lines itself and your life lines itself up in obedience to this book, the easier it is to understand what God is up to, that, that we find ourselves in proper alignment with his word. And our obedience is the proper response to this once made perfect idea in, this, in verse 9. He's, he's referring to his work on the cross. Our obedience to his, his, his complete and finished work on the cross is this idea of what, what closes the circle for us and brings completion and maturity to us. Uh, our obedience is the proper response to that. So why do I need to obey God? 
What has he done for me? What has he done for me lately? Good question. You got up this morning and got up, was able to st- got up this morning by the grace of God, was able to probably step into a warm shower by the grace of God, walk into a closet that you have by the grace of God, put on clothes that you have by the grace of God, get in a car that you have by the grace of God, drive here by the grace of God, safely by the grace of God, enjoy fellowship with the, these believers by the grace of God, go back home this afternoon, have a lunch that's, pro- that's provided for you by the grace of God, from a, from a refrigerator that's in a kitchen that was given to you by the grace of God, and enjoy that meal together by the grace of God, and have a nap this afternoon by the grace of God, get up and eat dinner that was given to you by the grace of God, go to a bed that's, that's yours by the grace of God, get up this morning, in the morning by the grace of God, go to a job that was given you by, by the grace of God and do the same thing all over again. Every part of your life, every, <clears throat> every part of your existence is, is, is what it is at the hand of God by the grace of God. So you ask, what's he done for me? What has he not done for you? What has he not done for you? Your sustenance, your, the fact that you, you are alive and breathing and have family and blessings to enjoy all those things are at the hand of God. So the quicker I connect the dots between my pain and his pain, between my submission and his submission, between my suffering and his suffering, the quicker I connect those dots, the quicker I understand what perfection he's talking about, what completion looks like, what maturity leads itself to, what, what it looks like as, as an outcome, as the outgrowth of connecting those dots together. Now, a question and a comment as we wrap, and that's this. How close are you to God's perfected version of yourself, are you? How close are you to God's perfected version, completed, matured version of yourself? Is that still an infancy for you? Are you, have you arrived at a place of maturity in your, life, in your walk? Or are you like many, somewhere in between those two places? I'm not where I was when I came to Christ. I'm not where I need to be, but I'm somewhere in process. I'm somewhere in between those two places where perfection is still ongoing and it's still, it's still a process for me. I'm going to tell you, if you're in between those two places, there's going to be pain moving along that, that, that journey. There's, there's no way to avoid that. Closing the gap between those two places is going to involve some pain. What I want you to hear from me today is, pain, though pain is an absolute, if you're, if you're headed toward maturity with him in a lost in broken world, if you're going to walk with him in a mature place, you're going to experience pain and suffering. The thing about it is, what I want you to hear today is, every time, in every situation, it's worth it. Every time, in every situation, in every circumstance, it's worth it. Why? Because the, the, the perfected, completed, mature me sees through a different lens than the immature me. It sees the things that come my way as filtered by way of the hand of God and the design of God for my life for my good every time. That should change how we see pain, how we see suffering. Many of us see it as, where's God and why is he so mad at me? And God loves me because he's drawing me to himself by way of pain. He loves me because he's causing me to run back to him by way of suffering. He loves me and wants to see, see, our, see ourselves and our lives and our, and our will and our ways in total submission and surrender to what he wants for us. When we're willing to do that, we're, we're going to start to see 
That's what he's up to. My maturity is what he's up to. My perfection, my completion is what he's up to. And as I say, when we start to connect those dots from his pain and our pain, his suffering and our suffering, his submission and our, our submission, we're going to start to walk that out in, in, in an intentional way that we would have never had done before. I wish I could say that's easy. It's not. Desiring it is easy. Walking it out is not. Because our enemy is going to attack you and make it as inconvenient as he can for you to walk out your perfection, walk out your completion, to, to, have you, to cease to have you walk toward a place of maturity in your walk with Christ. He's going to attack you at every turn. Expect it. In fact, sometimes it's allowed by God. We're going to look next week at the life of Job. I had a lot, talking about somebody understood some pain, but got it at the end of the story and understood what it was all about. Um, in fact, the Lord almost offers up Job to Satan. Have you considered my servant Job? Here's a righteous man. Go at him. See what kind of what kind of luck you can have with him. There is there is design to God allowing Satan to tempt us to to, to dissuade us to move us away from God's perfected completed work in us. Expect it. If you're going to move closer to Him, it's going to be difficult. It's going to involve some pain, some suffering, and and some submission. In every situation, it's going to be worth it every time. Let's pray. Father, would you shower down your Spirit in this room to speak truth to our hearts about where we are and where we're not? Because the enemy is reminding us today, every person in this room, of where we're not and where we should be. You've been a Christian low these many years and you're still in the same place. You don't know any more of Scripture than you knew 20 years ago. You're not walking out your faith any more deeply than you, than you had when you were 9 or 10. What's wrong with you? Where's your God? Is your faith real? Can God be trusted? Again and again and again, he poses those questions to us to keep us in a hole, to keep us in a, in a defeated place. You've designed completion, perfection, maturity for us. You've designed us to look like you. Now, ultimately, that perfection is going to be complete on the other side. But we can look more like it on this side. Ultimately, the, 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 the divine us is going to look far more completed than the human us will ever look. But you've designed perfection and completion and maturity to be achieved here as well. But we have to follow your model to get there. And your model look like pain. It looked like suffering. It looked like submission. Why should we expect our model to look any different? Lead us to those places and through those places by your grace, teaching us more about yourself, refining us more into your image, and doing this completed work in us to move us toward maturity, to where we see you, we understand you, even, even anticipate what you're about to do next. That's not an easy walk. It's a walk that hopefully every person in this room desires to have today. Now tomorrow, it's going to be inconvenient to walk it out. Give us the courage to do that. To see every step, every decision as being consequential. Because there's fallout and ripple effect out of our lives and out of our witness. Stir us up to walk closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.